0: The Word of the Day, John 12, verses 1 to 8. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus has raised from the dead. Here, a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. This is the podcast that brings the words of encouragement to all my brothers and all my sisters anywhere everywhere, at any time. Praise the Lord. God is good all the time. He is truly good. Um, Once more, I am happy to be right here on this podcast, getting ready to share another encouraging word to all of you out there. Thank you for coming in, listening um, to the word of encouragement. I want to share a word today, um, and I'm going to title it, Worship After Loss. Um, Let's say this, around this time last year, our world changed, right? And we had to adapt rather quickly um, to a lot of things, And for those of us in the church, it meant we had to adapt to the idea of not meeting in the sanctuary for worship, for praise, for fellowship. It meant we had to quickly adapt ourselves to being more on the conference phone lines or on the internet um, via Facebook or YouTube. So we did that because our world changed and we needed to do what we have to do. And we were learning quite a few new things, you know, word like pivots, uh, word like remote working, remote learning became part of our world to do all that. In order to adapt to something new, it meant we had to walk away from something old. So all around us, I just remember Experiencing all type of loss, loss of things that we know that used to be our normal to something else different. And in the midst of all the things that we were adapting to, hearing, seeing, I remember reading a phrase that went like this. The building I close, but the church is open. Which reminded myself And I believe all who heard it, especially the world at large, was reminding the world that the buildings are not the church. We gather in the buildings and the sanctuary to worship the Lord, but that is not who the Lord identify as the church. We, the body, are the church. We, the people, are the church. And that not only we were letting them know that the building was not the church, that we are the church. But also, I believe it was also an invitation to allow them to become, um, that they too, should they accept, can become the church as well. Another phrase that I heard saying, that I, I read about, or maybe heard that one, I think, and which turned out to be my favorite one, was that the church is not empty but has been deployed. It was very prophetic to me when I first hear that phrase. Truly prophetic, because that was what really paraphrased it for me. And the circumstance and the season that we were in, it wasn't that we were empty, even though everywhere you drove by, doors were shut. We were not empty. The church is not empty. We have been deployed. And you can see it all around us. I witness, you know, the church deploying, um, working out in a different field. I look up the word deployed and I find out that it means move into position or better yet, bring into effective position. So another word, as I said, this was very prophetic to me, it seemed to me, God has moved the church and he has moved his church, his body, move us into effective position. After all, you know, the good work that Jesus has started in us, the Bible tell us that he will carry out into completion. So once again, God was working in us in order to, walk, to work through us so i believe he did move us into an effective position pulling us away from the building for the season that we were pulled away being placed we were being placed and in, into an effective position to do more experience more see more as god wanted for his body um the bible tells us in james 1 verse 2 to 4 Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kind, for you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, and let perseverance have its full effects, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And we also find out in Hebrews 10, verse 14, that it says, For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Again, I'm reminding us that God is in the business of working in us in order to work through us. He's always perfect us he's always doing something with his body shaping us molding us so again the question is why why is our lord you know continuing this perfection why has he moved us into an effective position i believe the answer is still the same even though the world has changed we've changed i know i've changed drastically god has not changed we've been moved into effective position to give worth to give worth to our god to have fellowship with him to make him the center the priority to leave a couple of distraction behind, to move away from those distractions, from the routine, and be in an effective position to give him the value, the worth that only he deserves to make him the priority. And that is what the Bible is required of us as the body, the church of God. Isaiah 43, let us know in verse 21, the people... Whom I form for myself that they may have declare my praise. We are here to declare God praise, to be in fellowship with him and giving him praise. John 4 verse 23 tell us, But the hour is coming and is nigh here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. We are a special breed of people who are worshipers in spirit and in truth, and God is seeking us. So much so that the hour that was supposed to come and is nigh here for us to offer that true worship to Him. Now, I'm not talking about songs, although they are lovely and sound beautiful i'm not just talking about song, songs and reading of psalms i am talking about putting god where he belongs up giving him this be making him the center making him the priority giving him the worth that he alone deserve psalm 95 verse 6 also remind us that god calls us to worship him oh come Let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. We kneel down. We take the position of the kneeling to offer worth, reverence to the one who is higher, right? Psalm 66, verse 4, remind us all the earth worship you and sing praises to you. All the earth give you worth, O God and sing praises to you so worships and singing praises are not the same we are offering reverence we are saying lord you are worth more you are their priority and we sing the praises of what you have done and accomplished. the verse the psalm 66 verse 4 continue to say they sing praises to your name so now the question is as you said naomi that This title of this um, segment is Worship After Loss. So now the question is, how do you get to that position, that posture, that comportment of worship, where we are giving God, where we are giving Jesus worth, where we are giving value to Jesus, where we are prioritizing, you know, we're giving God worth, we're making him the priority. I mean, it's hard because we're in a season now where we've seen so, so much. We've heard things that we didn't need to hear and we've lost so much. The collective grief of this country, of all of us, you know, experiencing so much loss, um, loss has us feeling quite uncomfortable. It's a feeling that, I believe for the most part, we're walking around in tune to like something is not the same. It's not right. A sense of a loss of normalcy. Things will not be the same and ever be the same. We've lost some connections, connection with the church body, with your ministry, with a lot of other people that we used to hang out, people at work, at jobs, depending on your work, if you are a remote worker right now. We've lost so much. And while some have lost the normalcy of, you know, interacting with others at work, some of them have just lost a job, period. Lost, you know, job, loss of businesses, door has been shut down. We are reeling from all these facts, all this experience of losses. Relationship has been lost. Security, those who've lost their money, sense of income, all that has been lost. And let's not forget, forget those who've lost loved ones, including myself, who've lost my mother, all within at the beginning of this year. We've lost so much, you know, those who've lost others um, because of the COVID-19s, you know, thousands of people have passed away from the pandemic. Loss and those who have experienced um, loss of their health, their good health, you know, who've been sick from the disease, from the um, pandemic. It has been such an uncomfortable period, traumatic um, period for a lot of us, and we are reeling from it, trying to you know, survive through this. And you saying we still got to give worship. We got to give worth to the God. We got to press through this. Yes, that's what I'm saying. After so much loss the past two years, we still have to worship our God completely. Not partially, but we fully got to be fully engaged, pressing forward, giving God the worth, the priority that he deserves. It is a hard sermon to preach. And I know this because I've been in the place where we feel, where you're feeling, have you, you feel like pulling back. You know, you, you feel like, you know, I just want to retreat into myself and find a safe place. Just let me be, leave me alone. I understand that feeling. I do. I've experienced it. There are days It's very overwhelming and there are days that, you know, you have a little bit more of victory. But regardless, the feeling of wanting to just settle back, pull back, retreat somewhat is is here. It's a real feeling. It's not a make-believe thing. It's something that we are experiencing right here, right now in this season. And we got to press through it. We have to be able to press through it. And to do that, we have to be able to find our worship, to find that there is something of more value, more valuable than the circumstances, the situation that we are in right now, which is God himself. I can answer the question. It is possible to give God worth after loss because I'm doing it every day. I'm trusting God god i'm trusting jesus even after my loss i'm trusting that he know best i'm trusting that he understand and he this didn't happen by mistake even though it hurts That he knows why he knows the why he knows why we had to experience the loss that we experiences all around the world People are waking up experiencing and coping with that emotion. And I'm not the only one, um, you know, who had to figure this out. The Bible tells us in the book of John 12, verse 1 to 8, we met with Mary, right? The sister of Martha and Lazarus. She too had to learn to give worship, to give worth. To trust Jesus and still consider him, him priority even after experiencing her own loss. She worship. She gave worth. She made Jesus priority after experiencing her loss. In an act of worship, in an act of giving Jesus word, Mary poured her perfume onto Jesus' feet that may not sound like much but i'm talking about i'm not talking about you know designer perfume you know like the roja perfume by neiman marcus that costs maybe five to six thousand dollars just to acquire it or even a clive christian or dior collections of perfumes. those are pretty pricey but i'm not even talking about that this perfume that Mary had was not just a fragrance to her. It was worth nearly a year's wages. Mary wasn't just saving this perfume for a special day. This bottle was her financial security, her future. To put Mary's situations in today's term, a U.S worker typically earn about $94,700 per year. The lowest medium American salary um, is about $24,000 while the highest average salary is about $423,000. It would be like you going to church next Sunday feeling called to give and write a check for that in entire year salary now some of us would say that's crazy right yet that is exactly what is required sometime to give God true worship to give God worth to prioritize him giving him value above everything else to make a sacrifice that's what it took Mary. This is the picture I'm trying to get in your head. It wasn't just a fragrance for her. This had value. This perfume was worth a year wage in her time. It meant something precious to her and she offered it. She sacrificed it. She poured it out at Jesus' feet. Mary gave she gave radically completely she gave with such extravagance mind you that even the other disciples told her she's given too much you know when we read in the text it says you know judah says you've given too much this could have been used you just poured out at jesus feet we could have used it to help the poor <laughs> it made me pause there for a minute i'm asking myself am i giving much you know, am I giving much? Are you giving much? Where is our sacrifice to worship Christ seriously? Are we giving to God worth the worth that he deserve, the value that God deserve? Are we making him priority that others will talk about what we pour at his feet, what we deposit, what we make available to Jesus, what we bring before the throne of God? Are we doing that? To the point that what we do that others have taken notice of it, is I giving, I giving of self, giving of time, giving of gift, talent, is it causing a stir? That's what worship is that I, what I have, I've offered it to God, I've placed it at his feet because I am making I'm taking a position. I'm taking a position that God is more valuable. God is a priority here. You know something that we have that is precious and it reminds me of Mary's perfume? That's our time. What are we saving our time for? Will we pour more of our time at Jesus' feet? Will we invest that time that God has given us? Will we give some of that time? Because many times we invested elsewhere, you know, whether it's the social media or what have you or with friends, you know, sometimes we wasted precious time. Could we have invested at Jesus' feet in some way to bring glory, to show, to take the position that God is more valuable, to show that God is more valuable, that you will do something for him? Could we invest our time, our gift, our skills at Jesus' feet, at the altar, at Jesus' feet? Could we bring those there and work it the gifts that God himself has given us? Could we bring those into more, you know, into his kingdom? Could we bring them into ministry and works there and work our craft and perfect our craft for the glory of God? Because he is worth it. The skill sets that each and every day we're developing, could we use more of it? And it doesn't always have to be inside the church. It also could be outside the church, the marketplace, wherever, in your, in your schools, in your workplace, in the community. It doesn't always have to be inside the church. We just want to make sure we're offering all that we can offer to God because he is more valuable than anything else. Lastly, I want you to observe Mary's posture of worship. She knelt to the ground and watched his feet in different to the opinions of the others in the room. Now, kneeling is considered a humble position, as I mentioned before, where the one kneeling is offering respect and reverence. We have to find, understand that in the posture of worship, humility exists there. We humble ourselves. We consider ourselves, you know, lower. And then we make Christ more. You know, decrease so that he can increase <laughs> It's not that Mary could not have chosen another position he too she could have do something else. Her sister Martha, was busy serving, she was going on and on and on, but sometime you know, our posture could be busy, and then we serving, and then we might be busy doing nothing, nothing that God wants. So we have to make sure that as we take the posture of worship, it's a humble place that we're doing what God desire of us, not just keeping busy so that others can see you You moving up and down and serving. She could have taken that. And I'm not saying that Martha wasn't diligent in her serving and wasn't true to her serving. I'm just saying sometime we may be so busy as Martha was, but we, not Martha, we may be busy about nothing. And then, you know, Mary could have been on sitting at the table too. I mean, her brother who had just passed and whom Jesus resurrected was in the room and he was lounging on the table with the others, with Jesus. And being in a place of worship and having that place where you're giving God worth is not just hanging on the table. You know, because sometimes some of us, we just want to be on the table. You want to be on the place where everybody take notice. It's good. Be in the room, be in the table so that, you know, like be in the church, you just be in the ministry. I'm here or you held a position of ministry leader, um church leader, so others know of you. So you on the table, they can take notice you're hanging out you're lounging you're reclining with everybody else you you're busy you're right there but jesus is still really looking for more because clearly clearly when um the disciple jesus had to talk it was jesus who said live mary alone she's doing what she's supposed to be doing she's giving me my worth She's giving me value here. She's giving me priority. Leave her alone. She's placing me first. She's offering me her security. She's offering me something precious that belonged to her. And she sacrificed it at the altar of my feet. Leave her alone. She's doing what she needs to do. Yes mary offered worship but now you're saying wait then you just said this was at a dinner what that had to do with a loss well then i've got two words for you it's chapter 11 chapter 12 makes sense because of chapter 11 and then in the next segment We will go over what happened in chapter 12. What loss did Mary experience? Be blessed. Stay encouraged. Until next Wednesday, I'll be waiting for you for the next podcast segment.